Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. I'm your host, Raymond Salisa First, baby. And with me, as always, is just me. Just me. For the first time in the history of the Goldcast, I will be riding the ship this time. I will be driving the, the car. I will be flying the plane. The greatest fanalist in the game is here to bring to you a very positive, a very uplifting episode of the Goldcast because we are in the win column in week one and it feels good. It feels damn good. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel good? Despite some of the mishaps, we still got the final result that we were looking for and that's all you really want in a football game day in, week in, and week out. And so we have a lot to get over, get, go over today. You know, we're going to look at the, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the great. And But first, I want to say that you can always follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. You can also like us on Facebook.com, the Goldcast. And you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment because we'd love to hear from you. And we certainly want to hear your thoughts on what you thought about today's game. So let's get into it. Final score, 31-17 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay in the scolding hot weather in the Sunshine State. Jimmy Garoppolo and company come away with the victory. They scored in every single quarter of this game. And really, the thing that stood out to me the most, I and I, I'm sure I'm speaking for most of our fans out there, but it has to be the defense. The defense not only kept us in the game, but also won the game and closed the game, which is which is something that they have failed to do more often than almost any other team in the league, which is why we've had, you know, a top five pick the last couple of years. So that to me was a big component because again, They've put a lot of money into that defensive line because we haven't been able to generate pressure, and we finally have been able to generate pressure. Did you see all the pressure that Jameis Winston had to deal with throughout the day? And what happens when you get pressure to the quarterback? You disrupt the throwing lanes. You disrupt the the route, the, the timing of the throws. You In some cases, you don't get it off at all. He was sacked three times today. And by the way, our rookie, Chant, got in a sack today. He got a sack in a TFL. Nick Bosa, I knew he was going to get at least one. He almost had two, but Jameis Winston did a nice juke on Nick Bosa. Um, and that, uh, and unfortunately, he missed that tackle. But, you know, uh, Eric Armstead got a tackle and a TFL today. Uh, D. Ford got a sack today, so that's great to see him. Sheldon Day got a TFL today as well. But all of that led to the real meat and potatoes of what the defense was able to do against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today, which was intercept the ball. Turnovers. The Tampa Bay turned over the ball a lot. They did recover most of their fumbles, but we did get one of those fumbles. And we also got three picks today. So we surpassed our season total of last year, which I believe was two, we got three today, including two pick sixes. So Richard Sherman finally emerged and gave us a big-time play, which is what we've all been waiting for. So it's so nice to see that his first you know, real big 
defensive contribution comes in the form of a pick six. Those are always immensely, immensely exciting plays. And especially when it happens to you, kind of, it, what it reminded me of was Deion Sanders when he came over to us from the da- or from uh, Atlanta Falcons and had a monster season with, I think he had six or seven picks that year and several, three or four of them were returned for touchdowns that season. Uh, so Richard Sherman chimed in big. He also had two pass deflections. Uh, Mark uh, Zocha, I forget, I don't know how to spell his name, but he did great on special teams. And then he had the fill-in for Quan Alexander, who unfortunately got ejected in the first quarter with that helmet-to-helmet hit on Jameis Winston. I I thought the rule was two personal fouls, and then you get ejected. So perhaps that has that clearly has changed because they kind of made an, an executive decision to boot him in this game, which I thought was a little unfair. And I think the Niners felt that way too because they gave him the game ball afterwards. You know, coming back to your to the team that drafted you and a team you've been you've played successfully for. You know, it was obviously an important day for him, and so they gave him the game ball, which I think then he then gave back to like his team and said they earned it. They played. You know, so it was a very humble humble experience um, that was exchanged there and in afterwards in the locker room. But Akella Akella Witherspoon, who is arguably our worst corner had a pick six. And not only was it the was it just any pick six, it was the dagger pick six. The pick six that would seal the win. It was a final drive, one possession game. So they needed to score on that drive. And sure enough, we had pressure coming from the edges and forcing Jameis Winston to block his his field of vision. He I, he was expecting Mike Evans because Mike Evans was doing a crossing route. If you go back to the replay on that game, Mike Evans is doing a crossing route and then he stops he kind of slows down because he thinks the play is dead. He's going to get sacked. That's what he saw. But then Jameis Winston just lobs it over in that direction, thinking that he's going to complete the route, the crossing route, and he doesn't. And Akella Witherspoon just sits there, sits on it. It's an easy read, and this is what you want to do in these situations. You want to take full advantage of it. And he took the pick and took it to the house. He knew it was gone. I think just like Richard Sherman knew it was gone, he made the one jump over the receiver. That was the only tackle he had the break to get his pick six. But that's what you want to see. You want to see closing plays like that. Tavarius Moore almost had a pick six in the red zone. That was a terrific uh, pass deflection that he had. The defense really stopped a lot of the, the, uh, the, the touchdowns. I think they only had one touchdown on offense. The other one was the pick six that Jimmy Garoppolo threw, which we'll get into. But um, that was great. So you had, you had two pass deflections by Richard Sherman. Uh, Mark Zachoa had an interception himself and also had a pass deflection. Akella Witherspoon had a pick six and three pass deflections. Tavarius Moore, as I mentioned, had one. Fred Warner had a pass deflection. So all of that comes from a combination of sticking to your coverage and more so, at least more so as it played out in this game, was really good pressure on the quarterback to really disrupt his timing. And we got that. We finally got that. And it's, we're gonna. I, this is going to be... This is going to be an exciting season if this can keep up and the health can stay, you know, can stay there. So now let's get to the offensive side of the football, which, you know, kind of had some had good moments and had bad moments. So to me, this is what last the last couple seasons we've, we've had problems with this. But the, the defense has really been because of stinkers that loses these games. In this case, it was the offense that really got to a rough start. We had three touchdowns brought back because of stupid penalties via offensive linemen, you know, just holding, uh, illegal formation. Then there was a, um, yeah, it was a holding penalty. I think two two of them were holding penalties and one was an illegal formation. 
which was unfortunate because that would have been two touchdowns. Uh, two of them would have been to George Kittle, who had a great game. Again, George Kittle was had eight receptions. You know, more. No one even had half of that in today's game. So clearly, he is very difficult to guard and cover. He's so sneaky speed, and his true ability comes in his yak, his yards after the catch. I think that's where he really shines, which is why you can afford to give him um, line of scrimmage dunk passes or screen passes because he's so good at uh, shaking defenders. And so you couple that with a blocker like, say, uh, Kyle Juszczyk, then you know you're bound to get really good positive yardage from him, and so he's just ex- extremely good. You know there was the Richie James touchdown, which was terrific. That was a great pass. That was 39 yards. He was targeted twice, but George Kittle really got the bulk, the lion's share of the attention today with eight receptions. He was also targeted 10 times, which is eight more times than any other receiver on the team. Tevin Coleman chimed in with a couple catches and 33 yards, three targets, and uh, left the game early with an ankle sprain. He did not, uh, Tampa Bay did a really good job stuffing the run today. We did not have a good running game. Uh, It did open up a little bit in the second half, but it really struggled to get going in the early half. So credit to Tampa Bay's defensive line for really kind of stiffing that out. I know that they, you know, you have to anticipate a balanced running attack when you go against Kyle Shanahan, because this is what we like to do. We like to, you know, have the run help set up the pass and play action in particular because we want to do the boots and the waggles and Kyle loves those play action pass plays. They do. He, he draws up some terrific plays often involving, you know, people like Kyle use coming out of the flat or uh, George Kittle had one of those plays too. Um, so that, um, that was something that needs to get cleaned up the discipline on the offensive line, get those plays right. Because in actuality, this should have been a blowout. There should have been three more touchdowns on the scoreboard today if it wasn't for that. And Tampa Bay uh, shot themselves in the foot a couple times, too, with those same kind of bonehead uh, penalties. So that was unfortunate. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, the numbers look efficient in terms of completion percentage. 18 for 27, 166 yards. Not not a whole lot of, you know, yards there that we can see. You know, did have the one touchdown pass to Richie James. Uh, would he would have had he would have had three more he would have had four touchdowns today this line would have looked a lot different without those touchdowns so I know that Jimmy didn't look good with the pick six that was an ugly throw really telegraphed it was really a bad throw by Jimmy and Jimmy's a gunslinger so he's going to do this you know he's going to be taking chances like this throughout the season you know barring any injury of course so my what I'm saying is that you need to get used to mishaps like this you know this is what it, but it's that kind of, I would say, that kind of risk-taking that made careers like Brett Favre's. You know, Brett Favre threw more picks than any other quarterback in the NFL, and he still has a yellow jacket and a Super Bowl ring. So, obviously, the chances, you know, the, the risk-taking paid off more often than not for Brett Favre, despite having, you know, that one blemish on his record. But, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has a little bit of that gunslinger in him, too, where he does like to take chances. You know, there was, uh, there was the throw in the red zone. Um, the one throw in the red zone, it was into double coverage. That didn't, that didn't work out. In a preseason, we saw him take a pass to, I think, Kendrick Bourne into triple coverage. You know, that didn't work out. But he's going to take chances like that. And the players are going to have to step up. You know, I think he's, he's testing the players to do that. I think George Kittle's obviously a really easy one to to consider for those types of plays. I thought Debo Samuel 
chipped in very well. He had three receptions for 17 yards. He, you know, especially that nice catch in the early in the first quarter when it was a third down conversion. That was a terrific catch and a spin to get out of it and break at least one tackle and get some extra yardage there. But he did have the fumble, the rookie fumble, where he just kind of was not holding the ball very securely and just kind of ran into his own player and fumbled on himself. So good thing to get that off of, off of his chest. You know, you, you got to get that out of there. But, you know, running the ball, we need to run the ball better. I think we'll have a little bit more luck uh, against Cincinnati next week, who looked pretty good against Seattle. But I think with Seattle just kind of playing bad and finally kind of shaking out of it and ended up winning that game. So I think we'll we'll have some good luck against Cincinnati. I think I picked us to win that game, too, in our last episode of our uh, or our, in a, I'm sorry, of our we recently talked about season predictions um, off air. So, um. But yeah, Raheem Mostert came in. I thought he did well filling in. He came in the let in the latter half once Tevin Coleman went out, and so I think the defense was starting to wear down at this point. He averaged 4.4 yards during the game, nine carries, 40 yards total. Matt Breida had 15 carries, 37 yards. He struggled, two and a half yard average. Tevin Coleman struggled before he left the game with an ankle, six carries for 23 yards, 3.8 average. You know, and then Jimmy had the one scramble that got taken back from the penalty. Um, didn't like seeing him out there running. Obviously, it was a little nerve-wracking to see that. But, you know, it would have gotten us a first down um, had there, you know, had the penalty not brought it back. So he 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 did wisely slide. And I'm surprised that the the uh, there wasn't a penalty on that play because it looked like, you know, the defender kind of tackled and rolled over him because his momentum carried him over, which is much like what Quan Alexander was doing because he was trying to go in for a hit. And, you know, the momentum and the timing of the slide and the moment he had already committed to the, to, you know, lunging forward at the end. And then after that, Jameis went down to protect himself. So um, they're really, there's a tough plays, man. And he's obviously going to get fined for that too, which is, it's going to suck. It's obviously not going to be a good one, but Quan Alexander is a really good middle linebacker, but we obviously, you know, the way that uh, Zachoa, Mark, 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 Zocha, the way that Mark Zocha filled in today, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I need to go listen to the tape to see how everyone else is pronouncing it. But the the fact that he filled in so well, and he also got the block punt earlier in the game. He just had a terrific game all overall. So he did great on special teams. Special teams overall did great. So I would still like to see us get more yardage off of punt returns, but punts are so hard. You know, you often, it's it's to the point now where you're calling more fair catches than anything because, you know, it depends on field position. So, but um, Mark filled in great, beautifully. He had the pick, um, he had the block punt, so he did great. So it's nice to know that we have some really good depth there to fill in. Should you know, should Fred Warner or Quan Alexander not be able to, you know, fulfill those roles? But Fred Warner was really good today too. He had a forced fumble. That was a terrific play for him. You know, and the wide receivers. You know, um, I think to me, you know, Jalen Hurd is nursing a back injury, so we didn't see him today. You know, George Kittle's obviously going to be our stud uh, in that group. And I think of the rookies, you know, Debo Samuel is the one who's going to emerge, you know, as a reliable target as the season progresses on. That's what I've seen from him. I'm really seeing some good effort from him. He's got good speed. He's got, um, he goes out and grabs the ball, which is what you want to see. So, you know, if, if, you know, you want to see that because if there's a jump ball situation, you want the players to be aggressive. That's part of the technique, too, is to kind of get out there, go out and grab the ball. You know, you have to help the quarterback, too, you know, because it's hard to make those throws. So, Jimmy, yeah, despite uh, Jimmy having 
would have had better numbers today, would have had four touchdowns on his uh, resume had it not been for penalties. You know, there were some mistimed throws. He threw behind Marquise Goodwin a couple times, and it led to incompletions. You know, he had, obviously, the pick six, so he needs to clean that stuff up, and that will come as the season progresses. Next game, I think he'll be a little bit more cleaner. This is similar like the preseason. Like, he had to shake off the rust for the preseason, and then, as you can see, as the preseason progressed on, he played much better as as the preseason went along. And so the same thing will happen in the regular season, you know, as long as he's on the field, of course. I feel I hate that we always have to have this if with him. But until he proves us wrong, it's kind of, you know, what it's kind of how I feel about it. And I know a lot of other people feel about it too because I see that criticism all the time. And so so as the season progresses, though, he's going to clean up that stuff, you know, because he made a he made more good throws than bad throws. But you know, a pick six is the worst type of bad throw you can possibly make. So you never want to see that. So I don't want you know this to be like picks every game. You know, you don't want those kind of habits to come out of that. So they're obviously going to look at the tape, and you know they're going to get back to it. There wasn't a you know Tevin Coleman was really kind of the one only injury of where a guy was taken out of the game. Quan Alexander was ejected. That's different. So it was unfortunate to see Tevin Coleman because he's supposed to be a really big contributor this season. Not only is he going to be kind of the first one out of the backfield in most of our offensive game plans, but he's also going to be a threat in as a receiver too because he did that very well in Atlanta. And Kyle Shanahan knows how to use him effectively. So that was unfortunate. Hopefully it's not a high ankle sprain because if it is, he's going to be out several weeks, you know, just like Nick Bosa was. Nick Bosa missed a month because of that. So he'll miss, he'll miss at least up to four games if that's the case. So we'll see what the MRI says um, on Monday tomorrow. And Tampa Bay just really never looked comfortable throughout this game. We shut them out in the first quarter. They scored a touchdown in the second quarter. They scored again in the third quarter. And then they only mustered up a field goal in the fourth quarter. But one, only one actual touchdown from the the defense really kept them to 10 points. So if you really add up the stats correctly, the defense held them to 10 points. This is the This was one of the number one offensive offenses last season despite having a losing record tampa bay was one of the most prolific offenses in the air um all year and they were a good running team too i felt like um they i i I do think they ran the ball pretty well today i felt like they were gashing us more than we were gashing them they got over 100 yards on the ground today i thought ronald jones played very well he got 13 carries 17 75 yards and average 5.8 so that needs to get cleaned up so the pressure's there, and we clearly did well. Stop help, help, uh, holding Jameis Winston to a line of 20 for 36, 194 yards, one touchdown, three picks. So a similar similar numbers to Jimmy Garoppolo, but he had two more pit, two more, you know, one more pick six than Jimmy did. So that's tore up terrible. But what kept them in this game, I felt, was they had a pretty good running attack, and it kept giving them a chance, kept giving them good chunk yardage. You know, Jameis Winston did was able to get, you know, some throws off and convert some third down, so that helped him. So, you know, looking ahead, I think they need to clean up is the rushing defense, which performed pretty pretty good last year. So I want to see those guys on the line really kind of stuff the line. More TFLs against these running backs. We need to see more of that. 
So I think when Quan Alexander comes back next week, you know, and is not just absent for, you know, three quarters of this game, I think when he fills in the whole game, you'll see some of the, the, the runs not get, uh, not, we, we won't get gashed as much. So that, that'll be something to look forward to uh, next week in Cincinnati. So they're going to stay on the East Coast now and bring on Cincinnati. We'll talk a little bit more about that game later in the week when Rudy comes back into the fold. And we'll get his thoughts, uh, obviously, on the game because I know he's, you know, chomping at the bit to, to you know, share his thoughts on on what was a a very good defensive effort and a good enough offensive effort today. That's how how I'll word it. You know, the game game balls need to go to the defense today, and rightfully so. Um. So and that's it. So I mean, what what did you guys think? What did you what stood out to you? What are you looking forward to against Cincinnati? What uh, what do you want to see cleaned up? You know, I've already mentioned it. The penalties, running defense, those things need to get shored up. I want to see better tackling. I saw a lot of missed tackles where the you know our guys are getting shed shed a little bit, and I want to see that get cleaned up. I want to see the technique tighten up a little bit. I want those tackles to get more sure. I you know there's some guys that are just really good at it. I think Nick Bosa is a pretty good tackler. You know, you, you can see when he goes out there, he he puts an all-in effort to every time he's out there. So I'm uh, definitely looking forward to seeing more of him as the season goes on here. But, you know, either way, a good win. And I'm looking forward to next week against the Bengals, the team we beat twice in the Super Bowl. I know uh, Chris Collinsworth is looking forward to that. I don't think he's calling the game. I don't. I didn't. I didn't see a uh, look ahead there, but. Uh, but yeah, um, we'll talk more about the Cincinnati game later in the week. And so share your thoughts in the comments section below, via whether it be YouTube. Um, we'd love to hear from you or chime in to us on social media. I'm on Twitter at Ray Solis and on Instagram at Ray Solis one I think YouTube is where everyone really kind of uh, likes to chat the most. So feel free to do that. So once again, your final score, 31 49ers, 17 Buccaneers. I watched the television broadcast. I will look forward to hearing the radio broadcast because I would like to hear Greg Papa. I missed Greg Papa's touchdown call. I missed it. I've So I've got to hear the replay tomorrow on his radio show uh, with John Lund. So that'll be fun. So next week, week two, uh, Sunday, 9-15, 10 o'clock in the morning, Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. So watch out for that. And so... This concludes another episode of the Gold ta- Goldcast. I'm your host, Raymond Solis I, and with me is just me. So we'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel.